This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Today, it is a personal pleasure of mine to welcome and introduce Meredith Elliott Powell. I want to get into how I got to know Meredith in a second, because that is very important on why I got so excited about the podcast. But let me first tell you a little bit about Meredith. She is a researcher and award-winning author, Hall of Fame speaker. She is the CEO of Motion First, an innovative company designed to help organizations, professionals, and entrepreneurs turn uncertainty into competitive edge. Think for a second. Uncertainty is where we give up. Meredith is flipping that and making us win when we were ready to give up. I really want to know about this. She's also the developer of Thrive System, a highly research-proven methodology that solves the biggest problem facing businesses today. It also gives me amazing pleasure as a member of National Speakers Association that I am talking to our chair-elect, Meredith Elliott Powell. Meredith, welcome to Secrets to Win Big. Thank you, Arjun. What an honor to be on here speaking uh, speaking with you. Absolutely. So Meredith, I'll get into NSA absolutely, but I want to do that last. But before that, I want to understand a little bit about Thrive Systems. With your amazing mind, you could have done a lot of things. Why Thrive Systems? What was the vision behind you building them? Yeah, so it's such a, such a great question. You know, if we go back to 2018 and 2019, before COVID hit, and really all this uncertainty hit, I was doing what we do in the work that we do. And that is I was listening to my clients and everybody was having their best year on record. Everybody was doing so well. But everybody was expressing this concern about uncertainty that the bottom was going to fall out. And that just got me thinking, why does uncertainty always have to be bad? And what could happen in your business if you really believed that uncertainty could lead to opportunity? And that even set me got me thinking further. I thought, well, you know, every 50 to 100 years, don't we really feel some type of big shift in our world? I mean, we have a war or we go through, you know, some form of technology transforms our, our world and have businesses really thrived through that. So the, the short answer to it is it seemed I, I got in, interested because it seemed to be the most pressing problem that people were worried about. It seemed to be the thing they feared the most. And I wanted to crack the code. I wanted to be able to say to people, not only uncertainty is positive, but here's exactly what you do, how you do it, if you want to navigate uncertainty successfully. I love that. And what I wrote down the moment you said it was uncertainty is not all bad. The two things that you taught me right there is the mindset, of embracing uncertainty, and then how to flip that. So using that and building it a little forward, is there a success story that you can talk about and you're comfortable sharing where 
this whole thing turned into one of the biggest wins ever. Yeah, I mean, there's gosh, there's so many. The the book is just chock full of success stories. But I'll tell you one of my favorites. Um, so there's nine strategies in the Thrive System, and and I basically put a uh, historical company that's still thriving today, as well as a modern day company with each one of the strategies. And strategy number six is secure your base, that even in an uncertain world, even when the economy is bad or competition is steep, it is still the best time to grow your business. Because when uncertainty hits, your customers need you more, not less. And your competitors will tend to pull back and you should go in. And there's the story of Procter and Gamble, but um, securing your base is all about believing that the path to profitability and growth lays in listening to your customers. If you listen to them, they will tell you what they need. And if you can fulfill what they need, your business will grow despite the odds stacked against you. And there's a story of Procter and Gamble and Procter and Gamble company we all know was actually started in the 1800s by two men, Mr. Procter and Mr. Gamble, and they had competing businesses. They were getting ready to marry sisters and one sold candles and one sold soap and they competed for animal fat, something that was a supply chain issue back in those days and something that was hard to come by. And one night at the dining room table, they were fighting over the price of animal fat when their future father-in-law heard them fighting and said, boys, quit competing and form a company. And Procter & Gamble was born. Now, the very first product they wanted to put on the market was soap. Now, you have to understand, in, in the late 1800s, we weren't far past the, the ending um, you know, of, of the Civil War. Times were still tight. Money was still you know, a challenge to people. But before Procter & Gamble ever put soap on the market, they didn't come up with a fancy ad campaign. They went out and talked to customers and tried to figure out where, what hole their competitors were not filling. And what they learned was people... Um, loved soap, were willing to buy soap, but the problem with soap was the fact that um, it didn't float, that people were tired of getting into the bathtub and soap would slip out of your hands, it would fall to the bottom of the bathtub and you couldn't find it. So Procter & Gamble took a bar of soap, shot air into it, and ivory soap was born. It was, it was called the soap that floats for anybody who remembers it. And by the end of the 1800s, they were a million dollar company. Now, they weren't a million-dollar company because they made a better soap or a cheaper soap. They were a million-dollar company because they solved a problem that their customers have. So that's a, such an important rule when you grow in uncertainty. People will pay money, but they'll pay money for a company that understands them, not for a company they understand. Wow. There's so many amazing nuggets there. Yeah. The core, what you talked about is secure your base when you're thriving. Like when we are making money, that's the time to invest in future. It's the same concept. I love also the thing you talked about is seek the hole that your competition is not filling. But of course, you being an amazing storyteller, I just love the whole thing about Mr. <laughs> Proctor, Mr. Gamble. Anybody else told me I would have not believed, but you, of course, have highest level of credibility. I love that. But you know, bigger picture, it just feels like my friend Meredith is telling me the secret of relationships. Mm. Listen to your wife, Arjun. Listen every day. And I really think that if it works in relationships, what you're talking about is the long-term connection for a brand like Procter & Gamble and others. 
is absolutely fascinating. I want to move from there to motion first. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about motion first, what it is and how you build it and what the vision is? Yeah, so motion first is my company. And, you know, I love that you asked me this because I don't get to talk about it very often. I, I was in business probably two years before I named my company. I was really struggling with what to call it. And one day it really hit me motion first and I label it as all one word. And it's because I believe that success happens through action. I am somebody who moves to find answers and believes that success comes from progress, not from knowing exactly where you're going to um, to land. I mean, I'm really big on having the vision, and then the path to get there can take us a lot of different um, a lot of different directions. So that's the meaning for my company. And my company, in in essence, our vision is to help people achieve their dreams. Um, you know, create opportunities by truly understanding that that comfort in the uncertainty by embracing it, it will lead to their greatest opportunities. We we do this through keynotes, we do this through trainings, we do this through coachings, and we do this through online, um, you know, online offerings to our clients. But our entire premise, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, whether it's growth, sales, or leadership, is truly helping people um, find opportunity in the midst of uncertainty. And if I look at and do approximately, like you have helped millions of people directly and indirectly overcome uncertainty. And that helps me transition to the area I really want to talk about is National Speakers Association. Sure. And the next 15 seconds is about me because it's my story about my Meredith Elliott. I am a new speaker at National Speakers Association and one of the routine events, the Marriott, uh, Meredith Elliott is supposed to come and speak. The Meredith is very important to me. At the end, once she speaks, uh, she, once she was done, she offered to help National Speakers Association, the Colorado chapter, by saying, hey, if you guys want to bid on, I'm going to give session with me, one session with me, and Arjun, just like the donkey in Shrek, says, <laughs> me, me, me. And I was the lucky winner. What I did not understand was what I won that day. I was supposed to get one session with Meredith. I got obscene amount of sessions. But what I learned was giving comes from the heart. Giving comes focusing on the person receiving. And Meredith... You know, that was the day what I really learned was the spirit of NSA through you and Ruby and others is how each one of you take time from your busy schedule traveling, giving to us, not just from your home, but coming to our home to give. So thank you. And, you know, I really wanted to share and thank you for that. So I want to build on that and ask you, Meredith. So you have been doing this with NSA for all these years. So two parts to this question. One, what is that drive? about giving and giving. And secondly, as the president, elect chair, chair elect, what yeah. is your role? What do you want to achieve? Big impact. Yeah, so the drive is easy. The passion is easy for me. First of all, I 100% believe that speaking is an essential business. When COVID happened, 
I really believed we mattered more than we had ever mattered in the time that I had been speaking. And the reason is because we do two things as speakers. Number one, we give people hope. And hope is very, very important. And we saw that in the middle of COVID. The second is beyond hope, we give them the roadmap of how to be successful. I often tell people that what speakers do is they jump in the deep end first, they figure out how to swim, and then they come back and they um, they teach other people. They say, I figured it out. I'm going to make this easier for you than it was for me. So I believe in this um, in this industry. The third part of that, I would say, is the fact that um, I can't believe the career that I have had. I just shot a video for another friend of ours for his chapter, and he just wanted me to, to welcome people learning about the National Speakers Association. And I said, you know, I entered this organization 12, 13 years ago as a novice speaker who didn't have a clue what she was doing. I mean, not a clue. And here I sit today as, you know, a Hall of Fame speaker who's spoken all over the world, who's in the Million Dollar Speaker Group and lucky enough to be the chair of the National Speakers Association. That only happens because this organization is unusual in that we are all dedicated to helping one another be successful. We call somebody, we ask for ideas and advice and they give it to us. They open how they grew their business. My vision for what happens with the National Speakers Association is number one, I wanna grow it. I really want more people who are speakers who are not a part of the organization to become a part of the organization. I wanna elevate the caliber of the speaker in here. Um, this needs to be a place where we come together, work together and, and people who have really mastered you know, their craft. And then I wanna make sure that everything that we offer through the National Speakers Association helps people build a better business and be a better speaker. Those are our values. That's what we're about. And if you want to learn how to build a better business or be a better speaker, this is where you come to this organization. When we help each other be better, we are able to go out and impact thousands and millions of people. And again, I just passionately believe that what we do is so important. I love that. And as a branding expert, I want to add to Meredith's vision by saying, if you want to join National Speakers Association, this is the year. Because yes. you can always brag, I joined when Meredith was here. <laughs> Once in a lifetime opportunity, right here, right now. So Meredith, I want to now change the gear and retrospect as you, the leader, and your learnings. You have learned from a lot of leaders. Can you just pick one person, one of the top and share with us how a person, a leader influenced you and things you learned. Yeah, you know, really, there have been so many, um, you know, so many along the way. And some I have learned from because they have been tremendous leaders. And some I have learned from because they, um, they, they haven't been the type of leader that I want to be. And I think that's important to be observant and, and pay attention to who you who you admire, but pay attention to the pitfalls that you could fall into a leader. But Arjun, the leader that I'm obsessed with right now is one that is um, known to us in the National Speakers Association, and that is Nito Quibain. And um, one I'm obsessed with Nito because I'm just blown away by what he's been able to do with High Point University. 
but there's two things that I'm really, really attracted to. And I want to, um, I want to emulate as a leader. Number one, he is clear on, um, does not apologize for and follows his values very strongly. And, and, and I'm a little, uh, I'm quite intrigued with the power of values. I don't think that we have really tapped into how important values are to a person's uh, success. But if you visit High Point University, if you're lucky enough, um, you'll find that the that the values are um, uh, uh, God, family, country. Um, I think that's I think that's the right order. And whether you agree with that or not, it's it's not important. What's important is is the values. Um, now, High Point University, obviously, uh, you know, place where people send their their children to college. And if you ask him about the values, he'll say, God is anybody you want to pray to. Family is however you want to interpret. Country is the United States. On this college campus, we take a knee. And um, and I said, how have you been able to navigate that in a world where values certainly aren't popular at an academic level or or what can what look to be the type of values you're putting? He said, I know who my students are. I know who the parents are. And when you stand by your values, people are either repelled by you or attracted to you and and you attract the people like you. And if you can attract the people who want what you want, you will grow. The second thing that I'm really taken with is his loyalty. Nito is a man who has long surpassed the National Speakers Association, um, but he continues and remains dedicated to us because this is where he got his start. This is where a lot of his friends are. And he don't he doesn't just stand by us. He continues to invest. And I really admire that loyalty um, and those things. So those are, you know, those are some of the qualities I could go on. You know, when I look at how High Point has grown, I, I really imagine I, I, I love the strategy there and all those types of things. But loyalty and values are two things I really, I really want to bring even more into um, the the National Speakers Association. I'll take a breath here after I say this, but Arjun, the one thing that really blows me away about the National Speakers Association versus any other organization I belong to is that so many of us trace our success back to a connection we made or something we learned there. And because of that, many of us feel dedicated to the organization. And I want to continue to capitalize um, on that. I think there's I think there's so much value in that. You know, thank you for sharing, because to me, you made it so simple. To some of us, it's a difficult conversation. And what made it simple is two things you shared. One is follow values unapologetically, because that is you. And the second part is how you made it inclusive to let everybody else follow their values on the definitions of family and God as you start going through. So it's not that you have to follow my values. It's all about each one of us need to be defined by who we are. Next, I want to talk about another specific leader. This is a leader you know best. This is the leader you wake up and see in the mirror every morning that is Meredith. So I just want to look at from that amazing Meredith, everything you have learned in life, a one of the lessons, values that you want to take forward. What is the most important lesson that you want to take to tomorrow and day after from Meredith? Is as it approached is um 
as it as it as it relates to leadership. Anything. I, Anything. Yeah, um, there's actually a couple. I mean, number one, I would have to say the first thing that pops for me is to listen. Um, I really, uh, I really want to listen, and I really want to be inclusive as it relates to um, people interpreting what it means to build a better business and, and be um, a better speaker. I want to caution that with saying. I don't want to be, I don't want to go down one path or another so that people feel excluded and which is difficult in today's world. You know, there's a lot of political beliefs out there. There are so many things that divide us. And if we focus on what divides us, we will remain divided. And I think through listening, you hear what people really, really need. And if you can deliver what people really, really need, the things that divide us matter less. And so that is the other. The second is courage, um, the courage to um, to make tough decisions and the courage to uh, to do what needs to be done in order to keep an organization successful, healthy and moving forward. One of the beautiful things about a membership organization is its members. One of the most difficult things about a membership organization is its members. You have a lot of diverse thoughts, ideas, and opinions, and people can be tough and they can make demands and they can feel like things they need are not getting taken care of. But that's where you have to go back to that touchstone of values and say, does this help the organization build a better business or be a better speaker? Does this help our members build a better business and be a better speaker? And if it does, then it's something that should be listened to. If it doesn't, it doesn't belong within the walls of the National Speakers Association. The last I'm going to say is approachable. I really want people to feel that, um, number one, uh, you know, that any success I have is success that they can easily obtain. I really want to open the kimono and really talk about how incredibly bad I was when I entered the walls of the organization um, so that people can see that it's here that you learn to, to, to do that. And there's nothing that I or other people that have accomplished that if you want to do the work, you can accomplish that um, too. And that just approachable in the sense that, um, you know, I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your ideas. If you want to get involved, raise your hand. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll find, uh, you know, we'll find, um, you know, a, a role for you. So it would be listening, courage, and approachability. Love that. And the first part, I think, when you talked about and you went inside listening about finding that reason to work together. Yesterday, I was in a board meeting in Denver, and one of the senior board members explained this to us is trust me, more and more reasons we will have to be divided. Yeah. Let's accept that. Yes. Then he said, let's find the one reason we are in the room. And then once we all decide we are inside the tent, then we use our differences to fight like crazy. But as brothers and sisters, because at the end of the day, nobody gets killed. So we come out of the tent stronger and hide the few marks and bruises. That's totally okay between brothers and sisters. I really love that. And as you talked about, I think Arjun needs to hear it twice in two days in a row. <laughs> and you yeah. sharing that really helped me. So the next question is my favorite question. And that's the reason I think I do the podcast. Okay. So Meredith, just visualize you just got an e-white. The e-white comes from a 16-year-old Meredith and that 
E. White tells you that there's an upcoming event where a 16-year-old Meredith, you today, and 90-year-old Meredith are all meeting. You are in charge of planning the location. So where would this meeting happen? And what would be the conversation gathering? What would happen that day? Yeah, so that it would probably happen in a national park somewhere. I mean, I really love to be outdoors more than any place. And I think it's one of the most um, important places you can go to really open uh, open your mind. And I think the conversation that would, um, would happen would be that 90-year-old Meredith would be talking to 16-year-old Meredith about the importance of um, vulnerability um, the importance of understanding that the challenges that you have faced in life are not things to be ashamed of, that they are things that have made you stronger and um, and are actually going to be the pivots for your success. Um, the 90-year-old Meredith and the 60-year-old Meredith would discuss the fact that um, blaming others or blaming a situation is a waste of time and energy, that power comes through responsibility and ownership that life may not be fair and the things that you're handed may not be fair. But if you can stop focusing on what you don't have and start focusing on what you can, the level to which you can achieve is um, is limitless. Wow. And what would Meredith today do listening to this amazing two minds? What would be your reaction today? As you listen my, re to my reaction um, today would be that um, the thought would be that the 16-year-old Meredith would far far surpass the 90-year-old Meredith. But more importantly than that, I, I, wanna, I would want to be finding a way or what I think about is how do we make this type of thinking mainstream? You know, I feel that the biggest waste of time and energy in life is being a victim because it's all you're ever going to be. It's the end of your story. And if you can shift that mindset, you just have no idea what you can accomplish and what you can achieve. Meredith, thank you today for taking time to share. You answered every question of mine. It's only fair if you have any questions. If you have a question for me, I would love to try to answer them. Yeah. So my question to you would be is, um, you know, as you look forward, as you look to what you want to do and what you want to accomplish, what is that? I mean, what is what is your vision and what are you doing? You know, where does the podcast fit into that? So to me, I think this podcast summarizes everything I want to do. You re-taught me, Arjun tomorrow wants to be better. And the only way Arjun tomorrow can be better is Arjun invest in Arjun today. When I worked with some of the top golfers on the planet, I realized these people from the time they're five years old invest 10 to 12 hours a day. There's no personal time off every day to maintain current skills and to get better. That's the only path is invest, 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 learn as you start going through. Second, I think, to live a life of no regrets. Life is too short. None of us, you, me, never intentionally we make mistakes, which means at any point of time, we are the best we can be. Are we perfect? No, but we are humans. Humans are not meant to be perfect. Life will be boring if we become perfect. So tomorrow, I just want to appreciate Arjun today and move forward. And finally, what I'm learning is life is all about people around me. 
like I want to see tomorrow who I will share a table with, who would be around me, what would be the conversations, because that is life. Life is, if you give me more money, I'll find a way to spend. Will it make me more happy? Not at all. But the people around me who make me smile, the people around me who inspire me are the reasons life gets better. So thank you for asking me that question and forcing me to retrospect, retrospect and really appreciate that. So Meredith, this is an amazing conversation. Thank you for taking the time. And I really wish you the very best in the next one year and the journey ahead. And I'm just totally amazed how you have built a life and career by giving first, giving second, and also giving third. Thank oh, you again. Thank you very much. It's been an honor to be with you. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.